The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. All about the base, especially if it starts with butter, because everything's better with butter, especially when you get that butter from Wisconsin. Our guest on Cooley Region Cooks is the queen of the farmer's market. <laughs> Our, oops, wait a minute. I almost turned on the phone. That wouldn't work, would it? Linda, Linda Vale is the queen of the farmer's market. Normally, I talk to you on the telephone. Today, we're Zooming Cooley Region Cooks. Thank you so much for allowing us to invade your kitchen and see your tomatoes. By the way, I just ate the last of your tomato, well, not your personal tomatoes, unless they're missing, and then I'm blaming the neighbor. Uh, I ate the last of Farmer's Market tomatoes yesterday on a a meatloaf panini sandwich, which I thought was really, really good. Thank you for uh, letting that happen. Okay, well... Try that again. <laughs> I got, I'm hearing, I just heard you a minute ago loud and clear, and now it's fuzzy. Now you're fuzzy. You're crystal clear. I can see you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what that, uh, what that's all about. I am not an expert on. Yeah. Oh. Is that better? Yes. Oh. That's weird. Well, maybe I have to speak slowly. Oh. <laughs> but. <laughs> no, no. Whatever you did uh, is working now. Hi, Linda Vale from Cooley Region, on Cooley Region Cooks from the Farmer's Market. How the heck are you this morning? I'm so well. Thanks for having me, and welcome to my little kitchen. Right. Well, and it's nice to see you for the first time in a while without a mask. I actually recognize your whole face. Yeah, how about that? Uh, thank you very much for doing this. So when I talked with you about this earlier uh, in the week, or was it late last week, uh, you said you're up to your elbows in the end of summer harvest. I think everybody's up to their elbows this season in tomatoes and uh, zucchini and squash, a wide variety of squash. What else have you been growing in your garden? We have such a wonderful variety in our, I call them recreational gardens because um, in case people don't know, one of my jobs is the market, but my other job is working with the school gardens. So I'm constantly just pushing vegetables on people, pushing <laughs> vegetables on myself. Um, so in my recreational garden, um, we have kale, broccoli, uh, lots of brassicas like that, cabbage. Um, we also do a lot of perennial berries. So uh, red, pink, and black currants. Um, uh, let's see, gooseberry are in there. Ooh. But then we also do lots of cool herbs like cilantro and dill um we'll have chamomile growing um 
tomatillos, actually something that I'll show you. Um, tomatillos, tomatoes, beans, peas, kind of those standard favorites. Um, a squash plant every once in a while, but they seem to take over when you let them. So yeah. I only put one, it was reserved one spot for them. Um, well, and you and only need one. Yeah, if you, you only need one. You, you only need one. Don't fool yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, we did a lot. And, um, you know, it's when we have so much veg and so much fiber, it's like, how do you consume all that fiber? So today I thought we'd talk a little bit about just what I bring in from harvest, but also processing those vegetables into a, a state of matter that you can utilize in a lot of different dishes, but you also really break down a lot of, a lot of that veg. So you can go from 20 pounds of tomatoes to a few cans of tomato sauce kind of thing. It makes a big difference when you're trying to find room in your freezer. And right. Under well, and that means <laughs> you don't have to deal with, with uh, 86 quarts of salsa all winter long. You make it, you prepare it in such a way that sometime this winter you can turn it into something else, not necessarily salsa. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Cool. Where do you want to start? Go ahead. You got a bunch of stuff pulled out already. I don't want to get you off off speed. No, this is good. I um well to start, I did go to the the garden this morning and just do a little harvest. Um so I just bring a few things home sometimes just for dinner and such. If we're doing a huge harvest, that's one thing when we know we're going to be set up for canning, but if we're not set up for any of that kind of stuff. And we just bring home just like enough for kind of dinner and the lunch. But um, if you can see, I've got a few different types of tomatoes here. Yum. Um, what's nice about these tomatoes is they all have just like a different texture and a different taste. I really like putting all of these in like a tomato sauce or something because I think it really adds a lot of wonderful depth to the flavor. Um, I pick some kale. I picked um, this nice broccoli head. As you can see, it's starting to bloom. I think a lot of people don't know that the part of the broccoli we eat is actually just the, the pod of the flower before it blooms, but we're gonna eat that. We've got a lot of broccoli in the garden. And I found this beauty right here, this wonderful eggplant. Wow. I, I've never had eggplant Parmesan before this last week. My lovely friend made it for me. I brought a bunch of these over from the garden and it is the most delicious meal. I, I'm 36 years old. How have I gone this long? Without yeah, no kidding. My life? You know, it's know. interesting to me. I, how come your eggplant is softball size? I've never seen one that wasn't, that didn't look more like a, a fat banana or, you know, almost a football. Did they just pick it? You picked it early. Is that it? No, honestly, uh, this is, I think, another thing people can really explore and get experimental with in their gardens is just different varieties of species uh. of like this. So you can have an eggplant, but there are ones that are even smaller than this that have this kind of light lavender color instead. And then you've got the, the longer eggplants. There's some, yeah, that are skinny, kind of like bananas or fat as this, but long. Um, there are just a ton of varieties. And um, that's something that when the, the Johnny's Seed magazine comes in like early spring, it's just like we sit around and just flip through the pages and we're like, look at that. <laughs> sometimes, you know, there's two full pages of things on just like just types of peppers or just types of tomatoes. So um, kind of getting experimental because I think a lot of people go for heirloom or something like that because they, they hear about it. But 
a lot of varieties are better when it comes to disease prevention and pest control. There's just better varieties for certain areas where you're growing. So um, that's why we kind of do like a variety of this because it also adds really wonderful flavor and um, you know versatility to your to your cooking. But it also just really looks cool. Like you've <laughs> it's never pretty. seen one like this. So. I never have. You're absolutely right. I've never seen an eggplant that was that small. I've also. Are you going to eat the broccoli flowers? Yes, I will totally eat those. Okay, because I've I I, I I guess I've seen those in the garden and thought, uh oh, they're not ready to eat yet. Or do the flowers come before or after the broccoli that we normally just pick and eat? This is after. So the little broccoli florets, the little green guys, yep. those are before they open. And then they'll open into the yellow flower. Um, when they start to flower like that, um, you just keep wanting to clip them off. Because the, the broccoli plant, if you've never seen one, they're huge. And they, they put out one big broccoli head to start. And then once you crack that and harvest that, then it will start shooting up other ones. And then they kind of get, this is like medium size, I would say. And then they just kind of get smaller and smaller as you go. So if we have four or five broccoli plants, I might just pick off small little handfuls to make the bunch. Oh. Um, that normally at the store, we would just get one big head. So anytime you go to someone's house for dinner, and uh, they set the plate down, and you have broccoli that has little yellow leaves in it, you know, A, that was from somebody's garden, maybe right out in the backyard, and it's going to taste a little different than the broccoli that you got out of that bag from the grocery store. It's true. Uh, when we do taste tests uh, for the lessons in the school gardens, the broccoli, the kids are always like, ew, broccoli, ew, you know, oh, it's, yeah. classic. it's like generations of kids that are just like, ew, gross. But then when they, they just break off a little and they taste it, and the first thing that they always say is, ooh, it's sweet. It's like it is a little sweet. And broccoli, we take it to a lot of different places. Like we, we make a lot of different dishes because it's one of our favorite vegetables. Um, and it's just like such packed with nutrients that you just can't go wrong. But, <laughs> you know, the kids are just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that it could taste sweet on its own. And it's kind of exploring that palate of just like what raw veg tastes like. And not to be afraid of it. We don't always have to cook our vegetables, you know, but it's also like you can only eat so much raw veg as well. well you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, yes, I do. Personally, I totally get it. I know a couple of kids that only, for the most part, only like raw vegetables. As soon as you cook that broccoli <laughs> or that cauliflower, no thank you. I know a kid who prefers frozen peas. Ooh, yeah. Not, even pea pods. We just picked these out of the garden, buddy. You want one? No, no, I only like them frozen. So if I take those freshly picked peas, even in the pod, pop them in the freezer for a little while, then give them back, oh, these are delicious. And the only difference is they're cold. You know, one of those weird it's things. It's like a funny texture thing. It's like, you know, I really prefer just like water that I get from the tap. I drink tap water. It's fine. But Me I too. put it in my refrigerator just to get cold fridge water. It's just <laughs> something just about like room temperature. That's just uninspiring to me, but I will just absolutely chug a glass of like fridge water. Ice cold water. That's you know? so funny. That's so funny. Do it. Oh, well, uh, all right. So you've taken us on a pretty nice tour. I want to take care of a little bit of business. Then we'll come back. Oh man. Are you, are, are the jars behind you? Did they used to be fresh vegetables? Yes, this okay. used to probably be 30 pounds or more of veg. Wow. Um, this is just a beautiful 
I love the rainbow of it, but I'll bring it in. Um, the, yeah, wow. I can see it all. Love that. And then we got some um, back here. Um, this is all just, um, every single one of those is uh, something different. So I got you on a little chair here. Um, this first one is like, uh, we call it cilantro goo, but that's just in our family. Um, it's uh, like cilantro sauce. So we, we just grow a ton, you know, just a ton of it in our garden and we do big harvests and it's just like um, uh, garlic and lime juice and onion and uh, just tons and tons of cilantro. And we just food process that. So I don't think there's no, no cooking to it really, but yep. just like processing that. And then we put it in everything basically, but it's nice. Like if you're eating nachos, you get like a dollop of the, the sour cream, a squirt of the hot sauce, and then like a big scoop of this just to go in with it. Oh yeah. Um, we make a ton of beans too. So we also make, um, this, uh, green salsa. And then with the cilantro, like either one of these goes in just like sometimes just a few spoonfuls into whatever beans we've made for tacos or casserole or whatnot. Um, and actually, uh, this, the green salsa is made with, I'll grab what I, else I got from the garden. Um, I've got, uh, tomatillos. Ooh. Have you ever seen one of these? I have at the grocery store. They're so neat. They're, um, they're a cousin of the tomato. Um, but they're also in the same family as ground cherries. And you can see if you're familiar with the ground cherry, they still have, um, like a husk on them, like but a, you can peel that an husk onion back. peel or something. Yeah. Oh, look. Kind of. And oh, then it's a sweet, sweetie in there. And they're, they're like kind of bright and citrusy and a bit tangy. Um, so we use these in our, in our green salsa with like uh, poblano peppers and jalapenos and onions and garlic. And we cook that salsa down, but this green salsa, we put it in so many different things. I mean, you can eat it with just like your chips or your nachos standard, but then also adding it to whenever we have like a bean bake or something like that. It's a really easy one, but these are nice to eat raw, but they are a little sticky. So you got to give them a little, a little zhuzh. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. All right. Tell you what, let me take care of business. We'll come back and I'm, um, my very first question will be, do you have a hard time not putting a little of this and a little of that and a little of this and a little of that and end up with a recipe that tastes delicious that you could never repeat because you don't remember how much of which you put in that, wow, this is really delicious. Linda, what's the recipe? Uh-oh, I don't know. I made this one up. All right, we're Cooley Region Cooking with Linda Vale from the Farmer's Market. We'll be right back. Now give me a half a pint of horn. Yeah, see, you're putting together a great little goulash there, aren't you? You got a little of this and a little of that, and it ends up being oh so good. And when you get it fresh from the garden, man, oh, man, I'm, I am surprised that you aren't constantly dealing with, <laughs> with drooling, Linda, because you get to go to the garden and pick out all those fresh veg, knowing full well that in the car on the way home, you're going to be making up a recipe in your head so that you can deal with that. Wow, I am, I am so envious. What do you want to make first? Right? Oh, my gosh. Well, um... You know, I guess we could, I was thinking about chopping up some uh, tomatoes and onions and things and just getting uh, a bit of the tomato sauce started. We have um, still some here. I was just uh, going to show you a few other things that I have canned. Oh, cool. Um, I've got, oh, here, I'll start. 
So we did our two, two greens, but I've got also um, a nice pesto. We have done so well with basil this year. We've been just like making small batch pesto. So our freezer is like really full. I think there's a jar per month for the next year. It's <laughs> a good place to be going into the winter. Um, this is another one, just like our green salsa that we basically put into everything. Um, it's a roasted red pepper carrot Ooh. kind of sauce with like um, onions and garlic and all those like usual suspects. But this one is another one that we'll put into beans. Like, and I can actually show you what I have already made. Um, we take like navy beans, give them a soak, cook the beans, set them off to the side. But then what's really easy about just having this much fiber is I'll saute a bit of um, onions and garlic. I'll add the beans. And then all I have to do is add just a few of these scoops here. And then I have a flavored bean for like, if I'm throwing it in a casserole, if I'm throwing it in um, uh, just like regular tacos to order, whatever that is. Um, Yum. Our, our tomato sauce is one of my favorites. We'll be kind of going through a bit of those steps today. And then... Uh, this is something that I also love about canning is that you get things from other people. Oh. Super fantastic. Um, my sister uh, does what she calls napalm level this year, but it's um, super hot, hot sauce. And we just really, really love it. Um, I was fortunate in my family to grow up with parents with like a nice spice palette. So we weren't afraid of salt and pepper. It was like, okay, what other great What else you got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it was nice. So uh, we, we really enjoy that. Napalm. Um, that's funny. hilarious. Right. Napalm. It's like, she's like, it's so hot. We, she invited us over for like, it was my nephew's birthday party. We were making um, uh, breakfast burritos and she had this one out, but we didn't understand the heat of it at that point. And so normally it's like quite not mild, but just like good flavor, not so hot. Everybody was just like, whoa, yeah. Soup spoon, sure. Burritos. Pile it on. My, my brother-in-law walks in and the whole family's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he's like, oh, sorry, I forgot. It's really hot. <laughs> Everybody out in the backyard, I'll hose you down. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, and then just two other things we do is, um, I mentioned that we do um, uh, perennial berries in the garden. So we really love our black and red currants and things like that. So we'll do a few different things with that. We also make like, uh, we'll reduce it down to like a simple syrup that I can add to smoothies. We also make a ton of jam. I really love black currants and jam because they're super tart and with the sweetness, it's just like this perfect combination. It's not too sweet. And then the next thing we do is we take them and we soak them in booze. Of course you do. You know, so we, we live in Wisconsin. In we what? put it in brandy or we <laughs> put it in vodka and it's just perfect for just like uh, light bubbly cocktails or um, adding a bit to your hot toddies in the winter. So just a gift that keeps on giving for all, wow. the, for all the seasons. <laughs> Sounds absolutely yeah. delicious. All right. So, and you don't actually have to make it, but I'm real curious to know, yeah. especially since you, you shared with me the tomatillo green salsa, the salsa oh, verde. Yeah. I don't know that you want to do that one first. I don't know what's in your stack, but uh, when you're ready, oh, I am. Yeah, sure. Cool. All right. Yeah, we, um, let's see. I'm just going to move this stuff out of the way. This is my garden harvest. We'll just roll these buddies over. And actually, the tomatillos wouldn't be a bad place to start. Um, we roast uh, the tomatillos, which is, a, an, a, I think it's a really important part to making all of these salsas and things is, 
letting the vegetables, the certain vegetables roast and other vegetables, the other components are just going to be um, mixed in the food processor. So um, these tomatillos are so nice. And all you're going to do is you're going to be cracking them open. You're going to be taking the husk off. We're going to give these a, a little bath. So we'll put these in to just have a little zhuzh. Um, as you might be able to see over here, I've got a few different types of onion. Um, this one, uh, the white one, I usually use for things like more like fresh salsas, like my pico de gallo. It probably will go in the, the cilantro goo as well. But otherwise, we'll stick with these uh, yellow onions. These also came from the garden. They, when I cut these, I won't cut them on camera because my eyes will just be pouring <laughs> Just down. crying. They're not, so oh, those are not no, Vidalia's. I have to put on like happy music just so that if somebody comes in the kitchen and they see me, they're just like, what's wrong? It's like, no, no, it's just I, the onions. I'm so it's happy. <laughs> Here, I'll That's cut funny. one of these, I'll cut one of these tomatoes or these tomatillos open for you just so you can kind of see the inside. Oh yeah. You know, they're just, okay. they're really much like, huh. mm -hmm. they're like citrusy and bright. I think like mm, a tomato, and a ground cherry had a baby. They're just like this really wonderful combination. And you eat the whole thing. Take the husk off, and then the mm -hmm. entire tomatillo is part of your recipe. Yep, absolutely. And, yeah, because the, the little stem kind of comes off with that husk. And it's, uh, yeah, they come, they're, some of them are a little bit more green and that, but I think, um, well, the, the cool way to actually tell if they're ripe is you can just literally shake the plant and they'll fall to the ground, oh. much like a ground cherry, oh. much like a ground cherry. Perfect. So it's a cool way. So you can see there's a bit of dirt on this one. It's just because they're plucked from the ground as well. Um, so we would do that. We'll give these just a little wash. And then we'll chop them up and we're just going to put them in a pan here. Chop them and put them in a pan, and then I put things on broil. Now, I don't know if I get a better knife. I don't know how other people feel about broiling things, but I always leave the broil, when I'm on broil, I always leave the door open just so I can see it because I'll always walk away. I always find something else to do while I'm broiling things, and I come back and things are a little bit more charred than I like them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Safe to leave the door open a little bit too. It keeps it from getting all smoky. Exactly. So I'm just going to do a few of these. And normally I would fill these up. I have a larger pan, but we're just going to kind of do a token um, view here. And I'll switch you back to my oven. Da -da -da -da. And actually, what I need to do, I'm going to. I do want to, I would normally uh, add these onions, but like I said, they're just like, they'll make me just cry. I like to add just um, a little toss of just olive oil. Sure. Um, I have three different types of oil in my house. I have sesame oil, olive oil, and grapeseed oil. We also have mustard seed oil coming um, that we ordered that we're really excited about. But basically, each oil kind of takes you through a different portion of the cooking, but also can add just like flavors on whatever influ whatever's influencing your cuisine that night. So 
we've got, you know, the sesame oil is more for like if we're having Asian inspired foods or the mustard seed oil would be for if we're using our tomato sauce and doing like a masala or something like Indian cuisine. And then our olive oil, I basically use this for everything um, because I just really love, love the flavor of it. But it's nice to have a bit of variety and just like your cooking oils as well. Super. All right. Tell you what, before we get cooking, I'm going to take, I got to check in with the news guys. I'm getting the IO from them. They'll be drooling all over the place if we don't check with them pretty soon. And uh, we'll come back and continue with Linda Vale from the Farmer's Market. I don't know how much canned ham our guest uses, but I know that everything that goes with canned ham is all over the plate. I'm Mike Hayes, and this is Cooley Region Cooks, our guest from the Farmer's Market, Linda Vale, or from the school district of gardens i don't want to just let everybody know that you're only in one garden ever you're uh, you're all over the place and i'm sure those kids really appreciate your insight you mentioned that you have your own fun garden but it doesn't sound like it's in the backyard where do you where's your garden oh i'm lucky enough to have a plot at the washburn um, oh. neighborhood garden mm-hmm. so it's pretty good size yeah. then you can grow a lot of stuff over there yeah, I think the plots are about 10, maybe 10 by 15s. And um, it's really affordable and it's it's great gardening too because you get, uh, they supply tools, mulch, and soil for you. Oh. But 10% of what you grow needs to be donated to either like a needy family, soup kitchen, something like that. So it's, it's also, as much as it's an individual plot program it's also a community, community garden effect that we, sure. we supply that's awesome then what do you do when you go over there to uh to harvest for dinner or for the weekend some how often do you think uh-oh i came over here to get 10 tomatoes i better get 20 tomatoes because they're all fresh and ripe and ready to go then do you just give those extra tomatoes to the the community garden you know, um, the way we've been doing it, uh, the first year was kind of like that. Like I was just kind of giving small amounts throughout the year. But um, because now I've kind of learned when my biggest harvest comes around, uh. when I take my biggest harvest, that's just like so many pounds of vegetables that then I usually take about 10 to 20 percent of that because we have just veg coming out of our ears sometimes. So it's really easy for my plot to be able to produce that. And my partner also um he gardens there as well so we kind of just join our forces and make sure that gets out sure um we can yeah there are just so many locations that are looking for things like that and what's so cool about lacrosse is i mean washburn's one but um these victory gardens that went in and the school garden programs there's just a lot of accessibility to fresh foods in lacrosse right now and it's i think it's so important for people to know what their options are I mean, even the food forests, you think about the YMCA, um, the different perennial berry bushes that are like outside of Myrick Park Center or outside of the county building. I mean, if you look up kind of perennial berries like currants and aronia and all these kind of things, you're like, oh, man, I could eat for free around the city actually quite (laughs) easily in a lot of ways. Because like this was like a lot of our elderberry, we get we get those from the food forest at the Y. We come home with just heaping bags of these elderberries and there's so much left on these humongous bushes and we're just like and people are like where you know where'd you get all those it's like they're free it's like go get them yeah. so, if you take you know, one you got to take a thousand <laughs> well and, uh, 
do, I'm just curious because, as I've mentioned before, I don't have or do any gardening because I'd much prefer to go get the uh, the uh, fresh vegetables and produce and so forth from the experts who uh, who do it, and in some cases to augment a living. You know, how dare I try to do it? Hurt my back? Be grumpy about it when I can go on on a Friday or Saturday or Wednesday or depending on what day it is to one of the local farmers markets and and uh, and support them but when you go i'm guessing the vegetables and stuff they don't they ripen based on the weather like flowers you look at your your in fact i got a flower it's been so long since i've seen flowers on it i don't know what it is anymore except yesterday i saw it and it was completely in blossom like 10,000 flowers bloomed all at once like it's kind of like a mum you know right now it's just little bbs of flowers and then overnight, it's kaboom. So when you go on Tuesday to get some elderberries, do you go back on Friday and there's a billion elderberries? Some plants like that do make it feel like it all happens overnight. Yeah. Absolutely. And and there's some that you're just like waiting and waiting and finally you just get like the one. There are two different types of plants too. There are determinate and indeterminate. And one uh, is it just like keeps producing and another is just one big harvest. So that's, again, another way that you can pick your variety of like, okay, I don't have the time because I do just garden in my backyard. I don't have the time to just constantly be harvesting. So I might pick a variety where I know at the end of August, I do a big tomato. It's done. I button it up for the year and that's what I have. So I think, well, obviously like farmers have this way dialed in as well. And so they know what people want throughout the year that there's a good market for, but then other, other things people just want, you know, in the springtime or just want in the fall because it's got that fall feeling to it or that spring feeling to it. So those, you can kind of get it dialed in that way, but also it comes down to just eating seasonally too. you know, this kind of idea of like when they're in season is when you should eat it. And we should just go without maybe for a little bit too. Uh And it's all that much more special when it comes back around or preserve it for a special occasion. But January. January, you know, I've got plenty for January. I'm feeling really good. But, you know, like, I feel like the only time of year I enjoy asparagus is in the spring. I'm just that, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't need to preserve that for me. It's just like it comes around once a year and I'm and I'm cool with that. And the the farmers just really, you know, they just bring whatever and they're just going to see what's taking. And then that next year, they're just like, okay, these went like gangbusters last year. Let's make sure we get another row of these in. And they really respond to the needs and the wants of, of the community, which is so fun to watch, especially when they come with new stuff I've never seen before. <laughs> I'm just like, what is that? Tell me what that is. And Farmers are really so smart. Farmers yeah. are really smart, aren't they? They're so smart. Yeah, well, yeah, and really I, I hope that uh, the conversation that you're sharing with us helps people that are listening understand that farming is not just a matter of throw a bunch of seeds into a bunch of dirt, throw some water on it, and come back in a few weeks and harvest. There is mm-hmm. clearly so much more to it. And thank you very much for all of those uh, educated with experience, educated over the years farmers that keep people like me who don't farm at all fat and happy all year long. You know, it's uh, I didn't get like this by saying no thank you. I, I probably should say no thank you a little more often, but, but uh, thank you very much. All right, so where are we now? What do you got going? Oh, 
well, um, I just beeped off my broiler. Um, I have, oh my goodness, they look so good. Okay, I'm going to try to figure out what's a good angle to bring this over. They look perfect. Um, we need to yeah. incorporate smell-o-vision into our Zooming at some point soon because I'm guessing your kitchen smells dangerously delicious right now. Yeah, it's no so kidding. Wonderful. So I'm going to try to tip this up if you can see them. Tip it down a little bit. Oh, yeah. So oh, sure. they're just going to be... It's a little hot. Um, what I'm actually going to do now is I've broiled one side of them. And just to be picky about it, I'm going to flip them over and make sure that both sides get nice and blackened. Sure, sure. I really enjoy that that roasted flavor. There's something about like roasted uh, peppers and roasted tomatoes. You know, anytime you see that roasted word on like if you're buying something, uh, it's like, oh, but it's, it's oh, yeah. it really does bring out a different flavor. But that's again like raw foods, you know, boiled foods, sautéed, roasted. They all give a different uh, flavor profile. To so it. good, so tasty. I know. I've, I've shared that the story with. I'll, the really short version is my eldest son and his uh, fiance for life are not vegetarians, but like you, they eat a ton of vegetables cooked for uh, me one night in the dark. We were out in the driveway. They don't have a light in their driveway. And we were eating stuff off the grill. I have no idea what it was. Matthew said, we'll cook for you and I'll just put some stuff on the plate when it's ready to eat. And of course, all these vegetables are roasted. Man, I roasted uh, beets and roasted uh, broccoli and roasted Brussels sprouts. Oh, my God. They were – I never would have guessed and probably never would have tasted had I not done it in the dark. I had no idea that that roasted beets are absolutely delicious. And some, the, the grilling process also, I mean, like that roasting, it, it can caramelize any kind mm. of sugar that's in there. And my dad just recently said they don't have a garden at their house, like a proper veggie garden. They grow lots of other stuff. But he's like, you know, I would put in a veggie garden just to grow beets. He's just <laughs> like, I love. And they were at the farmer's market last weekend, and they brought home some beets. And he just like wouldn't stop talking about them, which like was music to my ears. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like I told you. That's great. But it, he was just like, they're the sweetest, most like delicious food. And he was just eating them raw. And then my mom also just sauteed them. But you can also, one of my favorite beet recipes is you um, like steam roast beets in the oven. Oh. Uh, you can do it with the skin, like before you peel them. And then you just take like a towel and let's pretend, we'll pretend this is a beet. You take that roasted beet and just kind of rub it around. And the, the, the outside comes right off. kind of comes off. It's so cool. And then you would chop that up and put uh, like chev goat cheese and pistachio. Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> So you're so starting delicious. to float come on your toes aren't touching the ground anymore i can tell <laughs> i also don't say no thank you i'm always somebody who's like i will absolutely try that so. but clearly people that are offering you a taste are not offering you a taste of ice cream and other things like uh like me cheese hayes come here taste this cheese here have a pound okay don't mind if i do <laughs> <laughs> don't mind if i do uh. Well, so the tomatillos are roasting. Um, the everything else I would just use. Um, if you, if people do not have a food processor, you should go out and get one. They, it's changed my life. I've always been like a chopper and just try to get it as fine as possible. Sure. But 
these things are miracles. Like you just go and it's, it just does. I mean, I make a ton of hummus in my house, just like yeah. all the time with the hummus. Cause I, another way to eat raw veg, just like dipping it in delicious things. So tons of hummus, but this thing just like gets such a workout and like, it's always going to be an essential. I don't have a lot of appliances in my home, but this is the one that gets worked almost every day. Well, and it's so much fun to add whatever to a big handful of chickpeas. What kind of hummus are you going to make? I don't know. What do we have? How about tomatillo hummus or roasted beet hummus or roasted beet and tomato hummus? You're just making it up. So true. And you know, one of my favorite things, and I've been told that I add too much of this and oh. I've always said I didn't, but then I was like, the last time I really did put too much in it, it wasn't that good is, um, turmeric. Oh, I love turmeric and we have lots and lots of it. We actually just got a, a new, just round of, um, spices to, um, fill all of our things. But turmeric is just like, it's so good for you because that paired with black pepper is um, like a really wonderful anti-inflam uh, for people. So like I work in the gardens, I'm, con you know, I'm constantly like a bit at aches and pains, but as long as I have like ginger and turmeric and things like that in my everyday diet, like I feel, I feel better. Good. I feel mobile and things like that. So it's another way to just incorporate those kind of nutritional things just to like keep your body in shape too. Accidentally tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Fooled you. And healthy. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I would put, I'm just going to grab the tomatillos. All right. While you're doing that, I want to take my last little break. I don't want to get behind. She's grabbing the uh, tomatillos out of the oven. I'm Mike Hayes. We are Cooley Region Cooking. We are Zooming Cooley Region Cooks, and we'll do more of it right after this. If he's a roasted eggplant, eat away. You know, that'll be all right. The, uh, the roasted eggplant that tried to eat lacrosse would, would have a problem, uh, would, would have, uh, enemies within because roasted eggplant tastes really good. And we're not going to just sit here and let you uh, eat Chicago and eat your way all the way to lacrosse. Linda Vale is our guest uh, in the kitchen. Literally, figuratively, we are Zooming Cooley Region Cooks this morning from her kitchen. And I so appreciate you uh, letting us come in and, and check things out. And I'm sure people are looking over your shoulder. What's that on the shelf there? You got you got a plant with you out there. Hey, I, and you know what's really going to be funny? All next week, you're going to run into people or they'll run into you. Hey, I saw your kitchen. Is that real marble countertops? What kind of a cutting board? Where did you get that giant cutting board? That'll be just hilarious. Just hilarious. Thank you. All right. I don't want to interrupt. we got five minutes. Great. Well, um, just the last few steps of this would be um, I'll take out this um, tomatillo. Just so, so oh, thank you. Oh, it's so good. Um, this is, I, we were talking about grilling vegetables and how it can kind of bring out that sweetness. That's exactly what's happened here. There's like this kind of caramel smell almost coming from this pan of this blackened tomatillos. It's fabulous. Um, I'll easily just, like I said, I normally, there would be many, many, many more of these. But sure. I'll just put these in my little thing. Uh, with the juice, also very important to like add that a little bit. Okay, I'm curious. Um, I want to interrupt then, for just a sec. Do you scrape in in your tomatillo pan uh, all those black bits? Are you not scraping those into the? I can. I can totally. You'd... Okay. I, I guess I was just judging it in. No, that's that. okay. I'm 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 prepared to fight you for the crunchy bits. That's my favorite part. Is the corner of anything because it's got crusty on both sides. You know, it's so true. And I sometimes I treat it um, like after I bake a chicken. Sometimes it's just like hard to 
take it out, I'll add just the tiniest bit of water so I can like move the fork around and make sure that it all just kind of comes out. And then I do another pour in. That's another sure. way to kind of get it all up from there. And then I would just add um, more onion, uh, these crying onions that I have. Um, I would do fresh cilantro, but I also have this uh, cilantro goo that would make it really easy just to take a scoop and put in. And then, of course, we always have our lime juice in the house. Always, always, always um, put a little of that, and then we would just blend it. I would let that cool, and we can um, sometimes we'll can it, but actually this freezes a lot better than it cans in a water really? bath. So that's also just, I think, that's the same thing for pesto as well. I've noticed that just um, those types of kind of oil-based things do a lot better with freezing, and the other ones just are just like the red um roasted red pepper salsas and things we and jams and stuff like that will do water bath but Man. that's after years of experimentation well i'm i'm figure that out. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you shared there should be i would i'm i may google search that at some point to see you know things you should can things you should freeze and not not intermix because i've i've made pesto a couple of different kinds of pesto and just naturally freeze it even though it's been canned and would sit on the counter forever, I, I guess. It doesn't last that long in my kitchen. But as often as not, if I've got six or eight uh, jars of pesto, three or four of them are going to go in the freezer. But I did that by accident, not, not because it's better. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah, you're already doing it. <laughs> yeah, but accidentally. I need to do it on purpose because I'll bet there are other things that I've just canned and left on the shelf that would be better off if I had frozen them. Or vice versa. So, I'm gonna... yep, absolutely. The freezer gets a, a lot of workout. Where, you know, it was this year. We're like, okay, we're gonna invest in a deep freezer, and then it's like COVID hit, and there it's like a waiting list of like nine years or something. We're like, <laughs> oh, everybody else is on that same track of like yep. we gotta preserve. But that's also a great sign for for people just being able to turn that energy into their home space and do things just like this. Well, and that's because people are spending a little more time at home. That uh, staycation means you're going to eat a little differently because you're growing your own, you're preparing your own, you're going to go out to that because you were one of the first people to go to the store and buy a little uh, a swimming pool so you can put it in the backyard and sit in it if you want to and, and have a cocktail with fresh lime juice and tomatillo salsa. It's going to be awesome. Hey, thank you so very much for doing this. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Oh, this is wonderful. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah, let's. I'll I'll be in touch and we'll uh I'll I'll be in touch and we'll be able to do this again. Uh maybe in October, November. When is what is this? this is September. Oh, October is next. Yeah, two weeks, come back. No, I'll give you a little I'll give you a little time off from uh from the two weeks. Here, wait a minute. I gotta do that and that and that and that. And now there, now a little more eggplant to uh, bring the program to a close. Thank you very much, Linda Vale. Farmer's Market tonight, or tomorrow night at 4, 4 until it's dark. Saturdays, 9 till 1 still. So get over to the Farmer's Market and enjoy. And uh, don't stay up too late tonight because I'll be calling you uh, tomorrow morning first thing to get a better idea of what we can find at the market. It's 11 o'clock on WIZM Lacrosse.